0: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Yeah, we've talked to quite a few already. I think, you know, people see the talent on the field. I think they're wanting to know about the guy, you know, in the meeting room. They're wanting to know about the guy in the locker room, the type of leader he is, the type of person that he is. And I think just trying to get a great feel, you know, if you're going to take somebody as you know, as as one of the first picks in the NFL draft, you know, typically your questions on the field are, are pretty much answered. It's it's they're trying to learn like really what makes the, this person tick. What what can we really expect here if this guy's gonna become potentially the face of our franchise and so yeah that process has been cool we're we're excited how it plays out it would be awesome to see him reunite with cliff certainly in in washington but we know there's a lot of things out of control and a lot of things that'll uh transpire
2: between now and then it's gabe ramirez and mark grody on 670 the score in odyssey station
3: what's out of control is that take sir what's out of control is saying that out loud whoa the hiring just happened Caleb was just your boy a couple months ago. Whoa,
1: whoa. What happened? He's still in
3: school right now, bro. Oh my God, <laughs> what is going on? That was aggressive. Lincoln Riley talking to Pat McAfee about you know the teams that have asked to talk to him about Caleb Williams, which makes sense. Everyone's going to do their due diligence along with hiring professionals to follow him closely <laughs> and see what he's doing on his daily tasks. Um, but that's the kind of thing you need to do if you are going to invest uh, your future into this quarterback and. Uh, to talk to us about Caleb Williams, and more importantly to me, uh, the number nine pick in the draft. Uh, we got CBS Sports NFL Draft experts. It is Chris Chirpaso. Good to talk to you again, Chris. Thanks for hanging out with us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
3: Of course. So uh, let's let's start at the number nine pick because it's what I mentioned. I mean, you know, you've you've seen the the Bears play off. You know, these last couple of seasons and and what where their holes are at. And so, number one, you know, obviously, you know, things can change there, and you know that I'll let that be for a second. But number nine, I think a lot of people are, you know, they they if you know if Marv, if it's not a Marvin Harrison Jr. early in the top, then for them it's it's wide receiver at nine. It's not offensive lineman, you know. B- but I'm I'm, I'm concerned because you see a lot of these you know names, these high level names that are out there, and you assume they'll be taken quickly. Is there still going to be? Talented enough guys, blue chip players, are number nine for the Chicago Bears to make their team better.
2: Uh, Yes. I I think that's right on the fringe for this draft class early on. And and I've certainly dove into this draft class, but I'm, I'm not all the way through it yet. So it's hard to make concrete opinions on the entire class as a whole. But I think this class is a little bit lacking on the blue chip prospects compared to some other classes. But what I think for the Bears, a team that played a lot better down the stretch, the defense really came into its own in the last month and a half or so of the season, after the Montez sweat trade, to be honest, if they want to go Latu Latu from UCLA yep. to kind of add another big, tall bookend rusher to Montez sweat, they mm-hmm. could do that. I think the offensive tackle group um, with Olu uh, Fashinu, Joe Alt uh, would be, you know, would make a lot of sense. Although the offensive line has got to be young pieces. Braxton Jones has played well. Um, you've invested over the last couple of drafts early, along the offensive line. And if someone like Malik Neighbors from LSU was there, or even if you wanted to pick Brock Bowers to kind of pair him with Cole Komet, I, I think those three or four would kind of represent the non-quarterback blue chip type players that I think kind of fit what the bears probably need a team that is a little bit on the rise, but certainly still has some missing pieces. Again, I think at that edge, number two role, Adding someone next to mm. DJ Moore and potentially up front to protect whoever the quarterback is that they most likely will pick.
1: Are, are you at, at nine? I know that you said a lot right there. Is it possible to still get one of the elite wide receivers at that spot, or would they have been gobbled up? And I, you know, obviously not talking about Harrison Jr.
2: Um, I think it's possible. And to me, early on, and things could change at the combine. Someone could run way slower. Someone could test through the roof to kind of elevate up the boards a little, especially at the wide receiver spot. To me right now on film, there are two like blue chip elite wide receivers and it's Marvin Harrison Jr. And Malik neighbors from LSU. I think Roman Dunze is close, but I'm a little worried about his separation ability at the next level that although he was so good in those contested catch situations in the NFL, you're not just going to come in and just dominate above the rim, you're not going to necessarily be Mike Evans right away. I mean, he's kind of a a rare dude, as we've seen throughout his career, that he came in right away in 2014 and was just awesome, you know, over the top against NFL corners. So there's a chance that Malik Nabors is there. It feels like, though, Marvin Harrison Jr. will probably be gone. And if a lot of other quarterbacks go off the board, if the offensive line is attacked by some of the teams in front of the Bears, I think Malik Nabors would be a pick that you would have to run to the podium at number nine in <laughs>
3: Chicago. Oh my God. I, I like in league Neighbors to like Tyreek Hill. I know it sounds crazy, but when you see his games and you mm. watch him play week in and week out, like he has crazy separation, great route running skills, so super explosive. fast, just unreal. Mm. And that's why Chris and I don't want to go on this Rodgers yet, but that's why a lot of people that are really big on on uh, Jaden Daniels and I and I do like Jaden Daniels, good guy, right? But like, mm-hmm. there's two p- potential first round wide receivers Yikes. that he had that he was throwing to, and we know what that looks like, Justin Fields when you have three first-round picks that you're throwing the ball to, and then maybe your skill set isn't as good as maybe people think that it can be out to be. But Malik Dab- Neighbors there at nine, yes, you run to the podium, uh, no question. But but we're talking to Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, NFL Draft, and player analyst here on 670 to score. Gabriel Ramirez, Mark Growdy. Chris, that number nine position, I also look at it as a potential destination for teams that are looking for a quarterback and want to yes. move up for that second tier of guys. Who are some of those teams, and, and, and who do you think can be like that quarterback that shocks the world and it moves up into that like second tier the first first
2: guy called in that second tier of guys yeah i think minnesota vikings would make a lot of sense it <laughs> kind of feels like that the kirk cousin situation is is probably played it's way out and we know that the vikings are not afraid of trading with teams in the first round that are in the nfc north they did it with the detroit lions yeah. just two drafts ago that ultimately netted the lions jameson williams it kind of seems like the vikings would maybe kind of go against that now because they really got beat in that trade if you wanted to see who's a winner who's a loser um, the Las Vegas Raiders would make a lot of sense and there's usually three or four kind of surprise teams as the pre-draft process continues that don't sign a veteran and I think in general uh, just my own thought and just from talking to a, a few people around the league the idea that you can just get a quality veteran that you know, Ryan Tannehill going from the Dolphins to the Titans years ago. Then there was a big influx of trying to trade for Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. Like Baker Mayfield had a good season, but I think teams in general realize, all right, that ship has sailed. The chances of hitting on a, a twenty eight to thirty something year old veteran to get you to a Super Bowl is a pretty far fetched. So teams understand there's, you know, certainly cost control situation when you have a young quarterback. So yes, I do think that's in prime position where the bears are sitting at nine for one of those teams to move up. And I think the guy, if Drake may fall, as we've kind of heard about that early this week over the weekend, that he could be someone that could slip. Yeah. Um, if it's not him, Bo Nix to me, all of the experience, fifty plus games as a starter, the completion percentage was at seventy one percent two years ago, almost eighty percent, seventy seven point four or five, something like that at Oregon. I think he's going to ace the interview process, understanding you know, what coaches want to hear. He understands where to go with the football. He just seems like someone that a lot of head coaches and offensive minds are going to fall in love with during the pre-draft process. And if you love a guy and you're sitting there in, at 14 or 18 or 16, you can't just hope he falls to you. So the Bears really, certainly with the first pick, but at number nine, if it's not one of those blue chip guys that we talked about, whether it's neighbors or Latu or Fashionu from Penn State, the offensive lineman, they are in a prime position to say, look, let's move back five or six picks and get four or five picks, yeah. um, you know, over the next couple of drafts to really build this team out with a lot of talented and cheap players on this roster.
3: I love when guests talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm so hyped up right now. I'm like, I yes, know you are. That's what I was thinking. That's I'm pointing to you. I you, know. you talk. And then it was, it's funny. It's funny, Chris, because you mentioned uh, Bo Nix and another wide receiver that I've been like just really falling in love with, Troy Franklin. Ah, uh, I mean, I know he's 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 a skinny guy. You know, but when you look at his ability to create separation, like, he reminds me of, like, a Deshaun Jackson tight leg. Speedy guy, good hands. You know, Bo Nix was, you know, fortunate to have a guy like that that he's throwing mm-hmm. to. Do you think he yep. can slip into, like, the first round, too?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think Troy Franklin, number one, I think he's going to test very well at the combine. He, like you mentioned, he looks just effortlessly fast. I call it easy speed when I'm scouting. Like, guys that just easily can wake up in the morning and run in the four fours. I think... That's where you kind of are with Troy Franklin after some training. Next couple of weeks before the combine, I think he could run in the four threes, low four fours. The vertical is good. I'm going to throw out something with him. I, I'm not going to say that he's the next Justin Jefferson, but. <laughs> watching his movement on film unreal i got jefferson vibes and he's listed at 6'3 187 (laughs) so we'll see that's like that's sprint like that's a sprinter body type wow very flexible like justin jefferson is and jefferson had kind of a unique body he was like 6'2 right around 200 pounds 6'3 200 where people were like oh he's too spindly he's too skinny that allowed him to not just beat uh, DBs down the field, but like you mentioned, create separation and get open. And that's the name of the game in today's NFL. So yes, I do think Troy Franklin will ultimately probably just test himself into the first round, but his film over the last three years at Oregon was very, very good. He was a big reason why Bo Nix really transformed his college career after transferring.
1: I'm glad that we've kind of gone a little deep on these these wide receivers, because I've been hearing for a while, and just in the little studying that I have done, and I'll do much more, that it's a strong wide receiver crop here. And to hear some of the specifics and to get into the weeds a little bit, I think is important, mm-hmm. and this is a conversation, Gabe, that you and I could have, too, about is it do you do you go if T. Higgins becomes available is it better to have T. Higgins on your team or one of the guys if available to maybe even move up to go grab like from which pool do you select those guys so I really appreciate this conversation one thing that I want to go back to Chris though with you and what you were talking about and you mentioned an edge rusher for the Bears at nine, this is not the year that as opposed to last year where it seemed like there were a ton of names that, that could sack the quarterback potentially in the draft. Who are some of those guys, other guys in this draft that, that we should be keeping our ears and eyes on?
2: Yeah, it's not quite as deep or, or I guess I should say it's not quite as good at the top as we've seen in the past couple of drafts at the edge rusher spot. Dallas Turner from Alabama, I think he's – I don't love his film, but you see springiness as an athlete. He's going to get off the ball in a hurry. He's. I think he's going to test very well that 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 10-yard uh, split should be very good for him, and that's really what teams like to look at at the edge rusher spot. How fast can you get into the backfield? The vertical, the three cone are certainly big for that uh, spot. He was a big recruit. Was not very good early in his career, but last season um, at Alabama, if you look. at legit- just look at his pressure numbers. They were really through the roof. They, they were close to where like Will Anderson was the season before. So not consistent production, but Dallas Turner, just being from Alabama, being the next in line. Uh, he's someone probably in, in the middle of the first round and that could all again, change based on how he tests. And then Jared verse from Florida state. He's a little bit older, uh, transfers over from Albany and then hits the ground running with the Seminoles uh, two back-to-back seasons, Where, first off, he, of course, came out of nowhere, and then this past season, when everyone was game-planning to stop Jared Verse, it didn't matter. And he's someone that's not quite as athletically gifted as Dallas Turner, but in terms of pass rush moves and that speed-to-power conversion that we see a lot with Micah Parsons who's a smaller guy, but just so powerful to get up and under those offensive tackles. I see some of that, not not to the Micah Parsons level, but the same style of just a ferocious power rusher with Jared Verse. And then one other one, Chop Robinson from Penn State. That is a program that over the last almost decade now produces just some freaky combine workouts from Saquon Barkley, Mike Gesicki, every year Joey Porter Jr. They certainly know what to do in the weight room there to get these guys ready um, for the combine, for the NFL. And Chop Robinson has the best first step and the most impressive sustained speed around the corner. He's a little bit smaller. The pressure figures were very good. Um, And some teams will kind of cross him off and say, Hey, look, he's a little bit too small, but in today's NFL, it's really not necessarily about size and and how much power you have at the edge rusher spot. If you can get to the quarterback and dip and bend around the corner in under two, two and a half seconds, you're going to make a lot of money in the NFL. So, Chop Robinson is someone that I think, with a big combine, we could be talking about him really early in the first round, too.
3: It'll be interesting to see if the Bears address the defensive end position via free agency before the draft, or they'll be looking at some of those guys as well. We're mm-hmm. talking to Chris Chapasso from CBS Sports here on 670 to score. Gabriel Ramirez, Mark Grody. Chris, you know, we know we we know that the wide receiver uh, position is deep. Uh, we know that at the top of the court QB draft, people talk highly of that. Is there another position that you know while grading them out? You notice that hey, this list is getting a little longer than the than the others. What what is that position for you?
2: Uh, it's probably cornerback, uh, and, and it it kind of feels like I say this every draft uh, season that it's a great wide receiver class and it's a great uh, <laughs> cornerback class. Just because that's how the college game is. The teams are running out four and five wide receivers, uh, and you got to be able to cover those guys. I think Alabama with Kool Aid McKinstry, Terry and Arnold um, probably. Three um, total Alabama defensive guys that go in the first round. Um, Nate Wiggins from Clemson has been on the radar for a while. He's a bigger, longer corner. Uh, It's just a really good class. Kalen King from Penn State was someone that probably had he declared last year would have been probably a second or a third rounder. So it kind of makes sense if you just watch college football, of course, that there's just high-profile passing attacks and you need those high-caliber athletes at corner. Now, it is similar to wide receiver. I like to reserve full judgment on where these guys will go and how I truly feel about them after the combine. Because if you're a corner or you're a wide receiver, you run now in today's NFL, if you run close to four or 5 you're probably not going in the first round unless you're gigantic. So you've got to kind of see where the range is for those players based on how fast yeah. they run, how high they jump, the three cone. All of those things can really determine and give you a better – Sense to kind of crystallize where they ultimately will be picked in the draft.
1: That's amazing. I mean, there's a speed cutoff that that you better exists. be very big if you want to get drafted. Yeah, in the first round. That's yeah. Awesome. Talk about like one of the ways that the league has changed. Like I'm talking about over generations. You, there was yeah. a time when you could you could be a four-five or four-six guy. Like okay, that's cool. You're amazed at that. Yeah. Now not not so much. Chris, mm-hmm. we, we barely mentioned uh, Caleb Williams in this talk, and that that was partly by design. But with the Bears, I see you do have the Bears uh, selecting Caleb Williams number one overall would they be crazy not to or is there a price tag I know we talked about it a little bit is there a price tag that the Bears should consider for Caleb Williams
2: no I don't think they would be crazy not to right now I do have Caleb Williams graded slightly ahead of Drake May and I totally get it like the Bears organization uh wants to get this thing right. And and that would be the case for any team in this situation. So they're going to probably fall in love with one or the other, or one of the three, if you want to throw in Jaden Daniels in there as well. Mm. But I, I do think there is wiggle room, like you're mentioning. If the Washington commanders say, we'll give you first round pick in 25, a first round pick in 26, multiple seconds, a third, a play, like there comes a point where you say, look, we trust our evaluation process, but we also have, let's say, in this situation, they have Caleb Williams at one. And then, like, slightly behind him, they have Drake May. And maybe they're not as convinced about Drake May, but are you? could you be swayed by that huge trade package? I think at that point, you would have to say, well, maybe let's try to make it work with Drake May and a bunch of, you know, second-round picks, future first, a big uh, spending spree in free agency, DJ Moore, some pieces that you already have. I think you, when you're at the number one overall pick, you certainly want to do your due diligence at quarterback. But, there, yes, there comes a point where you have to say, maybe we shouldn't think that we 100% know that Caleb Williams is going to be a future All-Pro and say, you know, getting these extra picks is more valuable than anything else.
3: Something that they're most certainly going to have to address and weigh properly because those things are definitely going to be in front of them, Chris. This we know for sure. All right, before you get out of yep. here, uh, girl, do you ever did the polar plunge here in Chicago? I have not. You've never done the polar plunge? No.
1: No, I, no I've never you jumped said, into like, zero-degree water in the freezing cold. I've no, done, I've uh, never done that. I've done it
3: twice. You know? Twice. Twice okay. I've done
1: it. God and bless
2: your soul. Got, you got to have heaters nearby. Chris, you're a cold plunge enthusiast? Oh. Yes. So this is crazy. Like I, I mentioned this on some radio spot, and now it gets brought up all the time. And I think because I added it to my Twitter bio, like you're seeing, Uh, I get asked about it a lot. I absolutely love it. I live in western New York, so Buffalo gets cold and snowy. And it's kind of a way to, like, lean into the coldness. Like, I I started it doing it almost religiously every day, like, at the start of football season when it wasn't that cold. And now I can just jump in my friend's pond, get right out, don't even need the sauna to warm up, (laughs) don't have seasonal depression. I don't feel bad when it's cold out. I would highly, highly recommend it. You're way too excited.
3: You're way too excited about this, and this telling Grody to lean into it. I'm, watch this, Grody. Lean into it.
1: There's a whole community out there, isn't there? <laughs> there
3: is. Hey, Chris, I appreciate it. Anybody that the Polar Punch was just the other like last week I or know. two weeks ago. No, I mean I respect. It's fun. What next year, next year you're
2: in with me. Okay, I'm try to convince all you. Right, all all right. right,
3: Chris. Great stuff as always, man. Look forward to talking to you again though before the draft.
2: Sure, sounds good, guys. Thanks,
3: Chris Chapaso, <laughs> CBS Sports. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Uh, so you can get all the latest updates on his thoughts uh, following the thing.
1: i got two questions for you. I'm ready. here really quickly. There's two things. There's something that, oh, my God. I was like, during that interview, it, it was revealed to me. Like, talk about I, you connected the dots to me and Caleb Williams. I'm connecting the dots to you and Drake May. I didn't know. You didn't know that? You had a love affair with Drake. Is Drake May your guy? Am I missing that the Gabe Ramirez headline here? How long have I been off the microphone?
3: Tyler Farringall, who has been producing my show since he got here, please tell him how long I've been on Drake May.
1: We M- did the ha- half the Bears' season with the overnight shows, and I can go back to middle of the year. Gabe has been so high in Drake. I May. didn't know that. So it high, high in Drake Drake. May.
3: before Drake. Before that. Before that, because remember, I told you I did this college show with Pete. I know. Pete, Pete, no, Putech. I
1: understand your college knowledge. And, you don't and, have to tell but me. But I'm saying
3: that's when I started liking Drake May over a Caleb Williams during that high. I didn't know
1: it was over. I mean, I knew you liked Drake May. Even, but... the, even
3: the Heisman year, I was like, man, I thought Drake May had a better year oh, than him. And then man. when the when his, their their junior year started, and everybody was like Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams I was like, what is everybody talking about? Did any, did anybody watch last year? Like, and then then you started to realize like what's going on. And I was like, yeah, I think Drake May's, I, like, he's been my guy since before the drama, oh, before the, anything with Caleb. Williams. I was like, I like Drake May. I think he's good. And then the fact that you, I can get a
1: bunch of draft picks and Drake May,
3: oh. I don't hate that.
1: Wow. I want to hear more about this.
3: Right. We'll Here. talk more about that. Unfortunately uh, for you, our next segment, you can ask me specific questions. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Grody and I, we, when we're together, we do this thing called, That's a Good Question. Yeah. Because usually that's our goal. When having guests, Chris didn't do it at one point. Chris Tapaso, he didn't say it once.
1: No, he didn't. He, he did not like our questions.
3: He was hyped up though when we started talking about the receivers and stuff. No,
1: he was no, that was very good. But we try to get we try
3: to get people to say that's a good question. Because that's when we know it really is. So uh, I have some questions for Mark Grody. Mark Grody has some questions for myself. You get to be the beneficiaries and hear the answers on the other side. All right. It's Gabriel Mirz, it's Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score
0: call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Madela is your reward. Madela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
3: Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. And the name of the game, Tyler Farragut, producing today. Have you been around with us when we've done? You've never done this before. Okay, well, give me, give us like some upbeat because we can't do this on the dry. Something like a music bed, but not this one. More this like was
1: the, last year's Super Bowl halftime show, wasn't show? it? Was it? Was it last year? The 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 Dr. the, the hip hop celebration. Oh, wasn't it? And was the Dog in them? Yeah, yeah. My Dre? bad, my bad, my yeah, bad, my okay, bad.
3: Okay, okay. You know what? I'm not really was into the Super, the big game the way that. Oh. Like the halftime shows and stuff, the way the most are. Do we have to say big
1: game?
3: I'm just, I've just. i been on radio for so long. What are you doing? And I've gotten so many emails over the years that I just don't, I just don't want to call to anything else. I understand. Right. Right. Because, yes, we've been hurt. We... we're playing it on this. Right, you can, but we can, we can say call. Super Bowl. Hold on. No. no. Actually, you know, let's not do that. Okay. Um, Seriously? Yeah, yeah. But let's do this. So you can actually, speaking of the big game, you can join 670, the score and Circus Sports, Illinois, for the big game party. See, that's called the big game party? Big game party, okay. This Sunday at Benchmark in Old Town, Mully and Hall are going to be there. Bernstein and Holmes, Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi are going to be there. Parkins and Spiegel will be there, and they will be broadcasting live from 12 to 3, getting you ready for the big game between KC and San Francisco uh, but here's some little quirks to it, right? You got to have $100 in your circus sports app to attend because it's okay. a free party. All right. So you can just download the money. Yeah. It's your
1: money. You're not losing it. Right. You're not losing. you not You're still, giving it to anybody.
3: You just got to show them at the door You get yeah. in. They're going to have light bites. They're going to have, you know, the game. They have a bunch of stuff, uh, live entertainment, complimentary game day bites. Circusports.com to sign up for the invite and more info. And you can go there too, Gross.
1: You know what I think, by the way? Because this whole time I've been thinking about the Super Bowl. And what I'm thinking about hey, is you. no no, here's the thing. Here's what I think, and I'm taking this chance. Maybe I'll get in trouble right now. You ready for this? This ready. is on this is Mark Grody. Gabriel Ramirez wants no part of Love this. So just, just so you know, I am I am clearing Need this name. job. Here's what
0: I <laughs> 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 ain't
3: taking that out of my check. <laughs> understand
1: that. Here's what I think it is, honestly. I think when talking about the Super Bowl in association with a sponsor or a partner you can't say super bowl but if you and i are like saying hey let's break let's let's talk about the super bowl i'm sorry but you have to be able to say the super bowl seriously am i costing the station thousands of dollars at this moment what's going on <laughs> What do you think? I'm waiting for the end of the statement. So I can what's name. the ruling over here? He don't know. Okay, He's somebody 17. Has a, okay, nobody has told me that I can't say Super Bowl. Like, I understand if right. it is in relation to a sponsor, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like that, like Unless that, like, they are an official partner. Like, of, like
3: Sucker Sports Illinois and the big game party.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you hear that a lot. So I understand that there's got to. But you, you don't tell me that you can and I, I say, can't sit here and say, hey, man, let's talk Super Bowl. Can like, I say? Can I say?
3: Can I say we're going to watch the Super Bowl at the big game party by Circus Sports? Oh man, no, no, I don't you think you could. Can't, no, no, you
1: did it just now. I can't. No. Pro- I can't protect I you anymore, question. Gabe. I asked the question. You did ask a question. Yeah, it's I'm all about context. It's all about context. It's like swearing. Whether it's on the radio or on Twitter, there is a time to swear on Twitter when it is in co- when it is within context of what somebody said. It's okay. All
3: right. Well, it's time. To ask some questions. Okay. You got some theme. You got some theme music from him. me with it one time. Tyler.
1: He's still trying to figure out what the rules are about the Super Bowl.
3: Nah, bro. This ain't it. This ain't
1: it. Oh, you don't like some Chili Peppers? Okay,
3: leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. If he likes it, and then we're here. Then I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's what that means. I like it. You're right. Yeah. And now I'm wrong. It's your show, man. I mean, no, man. no.
1: He's the producer. This, and you agree. Oh yeah, so I do. I'm the, I'm is the this wrong. your ch- Are you a Chili Peppers fan? This Fair is my well. favorite Chili Peppers song. Oh my God. Might be a bold take, but. No, that's hey. I have no problem. Like I have gotten over being a snob when it comes to like the most popular song by a band can't be your favorite song. Yeah. It's absolutely okay. This is a great song. Give it away, by the way, Gabe by the Chili Peppers. Oh, I know the song. Okay, what's it
3: to give pop music. Yeah. All
1: right. Here's your first
3: question. For that's a good question. Eric Bieniemy leaves Kansas City to become the offensive coordinator at Washington. And after one year, he's out with no job in sight. Did he do enough of Washington to prove he deserves
1: to be a head coach in the NFL? Mm. Well, uh, apparently not. I thought you were, uh, were going to say, that's a good question. That, that is a good question. That <laughs> is a good question. He, um, I think he got the most out of, and let's let's face it, an average quarterback at who at one point in time was leading the league in passing yards. So I do give him credit. There's some I mean and I've heard this from people that he that he's got like a like an old school tough guy mentality which is part of the reason that he quote unquote doesn't interview well that maybe he's a little bit too old school a li- which would probably resonate well here in this city. Sounds like he's a guy who is a yeller and no nonsense. Definitely would love that here. And def- like I think so, but I think that that like if the guy doesn't have a job like a prominent head coaching job now, based on his work in Kansas City, and I get it. That's Andy Reid, and that's Patrick Mahomes, and that's that's player run. I understand that. But how many coaches have we seen from, like, let's say, the New England tree, who have gotten jobs and allowed to, and have been allowed for the most part to be unsuccessful? So it's crazy that B. doesn't have a job. So obviously. The man is not great at interviewing or presenting himself, or his plan for teams turns GMs off.
3: The, the two guys, the two grumpy guys, don't have jobs right now. Bill Belichick and Eric bianchi That that
1: interesting. So yeah, I, that didn't, I didn't. You know, that, is there a correlation? I underst- I do get the Belichick thing. By the way, that's a lot to bring in. To your building like even if he is the best candidate i mean if you can use
3: the logic for colin kaepernick and say you don't want to bring a guy like that in the building because of all the drama and everything is going to bring with you oh great And you can analogy. use the exact same thing for bill Belichick and say well the reason he doesn't have a job is because nobody wants to deal with that
1: nobody wants to deal with that yeah. exactly and they're not quite sure what he's got at this point yeah and let's face it i know it's like easy low-hanging fruit but he has been exposed a little uh-huh. bit. He was exposed a little bit that without Tom Brady. That was a good that question. Was that was a, a good very question. good question. We got a lot out of that one. Um, What is weaker, Gabe Ramirez, that Roger Goodell's presser was invite only or that the Cubs <laughs>
3: – <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. You ready? Uh, you
1: ready? Roger Goodell and the Cubs?
3: Whoa. Ready? I'm ready. for this
1: or that the cubs cut the owners and business operations panels from their 2024 convention or if you'd like i threw another or i threw another or Three or orders. jerry reinsdorf holding an invite only meeting this year that's a that's a really good question <laughs> I, I am insulted so you could just you could just hit the the goodell thing the fact that he did invite only, I think, is the weakest thing in the world. Is there? Any, how did that hit your brain that the commissioner of the NFL wants soft questions asked him? Let me
3: let me be very clear. If I was the most powerful man at the most powerful sports entity in the world, I'd dictate my terms, too. Yeah, you probably. You don't, you don't get to, who, who are you? I'm sorry, security, and just point, get him out. I don't want him here. I need six people that are going to ask me real questions. You know what questions I want to know, or you know what. Quest- Matter of fact, send them to me before you even get here. I want to know what they are.
1: Do you think he's also so powerful that he doesn't even care that it makes him look weak? Because that's the part that. That's I'm- my
3: point. Once again, if I were the most powerful man and the most powerful sport, and like I wouldn't it, it, caring isn't something that I do. Okay. I don't care.
1: Okay. Okay. I have ideas.
3: I have thoughts. I implement them. And, that's, and I make these and I make a billion dollars, and that's what I do. That's it. That's my life. you done. That's a
1: good answer. Who?
3: That's Get a Gabe good... Gabe Ramirez and yeah. Mark Brody on 670 what?
1: Right.
2: You want me to buy
3: that station? <laughs> like, stop it. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, I
2: mean, that's a good question.
3: All right, so you're up next. Here's yours. Yeah. Oh, wait. I was, supposed, was I supposed to pick the worst of the three?
1: No, no, no. Actually, it was, it was like, just... I was just... While I was talking yeah. about Roger Goodell, ah, I was thinking I'm about going. other ways that freedom of uh, okay. the media was was violated by these people. Again, stop yeah. it. They're in yeah. the
3: they're in the 0.00001%. And if I were in there, pff,
1: life is not real. I, I mean, do whatever I want in you this You have <laughs> a really good answer. Yeah. That that is that, 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 that that's that was what I was saying about Jordan <laughs> not showing up to the Ring of Honor thing. We knew
3: he wasn't going to show up.
1: That that he doesn't like people think, well, we're here to honor him. He doesn't want that anymore. He doesn't need that anymore. The adulation, the never-ending standing ovations. Oh, it it does nothing for him anymore, but go on. Don't forget, he owns the team. All right.
3: uh, If you could have the GM position of one of the teams in Chicago, who would it be and why? That's a great
1: question. Yeah, that's,
2: that's a good question.
1: Love this question. If I could be GM... Of one of the teams in this town, which team would it be? Ah, huh. I am gonna say, I'm gonna say the Bears. Honestly, yeah, it, be greedy. Yeah, it. Ju- yes, you have learned. We need shirts that say that greed is good. No, Gabe and Grody. Yeah, Gabe and Grody. Be greedy. Be greedy. Be greedy. But with
3: another G, somewhere to incorporate the G's with oh the Greek. Gabe God. Grody greedy. What I- about the
1: OPB, yo? OPBs. The, now with the OPB, that's a whole other shirt.
0: Hey, we we got to make money in 2024. (laughs) This is not
3: bad. G
1: plus G equals G. Gabe plus Grody equals Greedy.
0: Something like
3: that. Something like that.
1: It's in the shop. Another
3: shirt. Another shirt. There it is. You can have a higher percentage of that one. We're in the shop. We're working on it. We're workshopping it. Texas, 312-644-6767.
1: So I say the Bears. Bears. The Bears, but I would say, yeah, because of the assets that exist, because they they seem to be on the rise, hmm. it seems like they're in unprecedented territory in terms of the possibility of drafting one of these yeah. big-time quarterbacks. So they may be heading into a territory that this franchise has never seen, and I know we've said stuff like that before. So I would probably say them. Then I would go Cubs. No, you get one. You get one. Okay. What yeah, do you, you got? One. That was good. What was yours?
3: I think the – I think. The GM position, I want to be the GM. The, the problem with the question is, is not owner. It's GM. It's mm-hmm. so like, I could want to be the GM of the White Sox, mm-hmm. but I can't do anything. No,
1: no, that, that's like I can't even do anything. Can't right. even do my job. No, you can't. You can't spend the so... money you want to spend with the Sox. Literally.
3: I want to be the Bulls because I love the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> I All right. I, I, I gotta be honest. I would not want to be the GM of the Chicago Bears. Okay. Bottom. Too much we're, pressure. We're saying I wasn't supposed to do anything, but like, like, bottom. Okay. Yeah. Like too much everything.
1: All right, you're getting out of control over there. So I'll ask my question. So I guess question. the
3: answer, I guess the answer
1: is the Bulls. Okay. All right. Well, this is perfect for my question.
2: Okay. That's a good question.
1: Does actually wrote it down this way, and I'm, I'm going to leave it without even explaining <laughs> it. Does Arturis Karnachovis know what he's doing? Because I thought he did when he yeah. when he made the vooch move. That's a good question. You know that's a really good question. That's a great question, actually. Are you worried because this is what struck me. I'm giving you, buying you a little time. What struck me today while I was thinking about the Bulls was it that hit me. What if he doesn't know what he's doing? Cuz there hasn't been a lot of moves in the last 2 years that have said Arturis Karnishovus knows what he's doing. I think he does, uh, he does. Okay. I
3: believe in AK. And I think that he has I think I think the the biggest issue with the NBA versus other you know big ticket you know sports the margin for error is magnified in the nba as opposed to the nfl and major league baseball and bas- and uh yeah excuse me major league baseball and the nfl because you know it's so predicated on having star power the nba is and so you can be you know you don't have much wiggle room to make your team better quickly. It's harder to do that in the NBA. Where in the NFL, you can get a number one pick by, by sucking or, you know, in, in baseball, you can make a couple, you can go over the luxury tax and be the Dodgers, you know, and in the NBA, it's like, oh, Zach Levine's hurt and Lonzo Ball's out and DeMar DeRozan's aging and boots is your 2010 guy and Pat Will didn't pan out. It's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And it's like, well, damn, my hands are kind of tied,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Right? And so I think that, you know, I think he did a good job with, you know, getting the team, you know, where it's at which was out of – let's not forget that the Bulls were terrible and like, it was hard to watch a couple of years ago, right? And so he came in quickly and fixed some stuff and then and, and did that. So, I mean, it was good stuff. I got my one last question okay. before
1: we get out there. Yeah, yeah. I know. I heard the music in my bad. I know. I know. I feel so empty without the music it's all of a sudden. It's great. Subs- it, was such,
3: it was such a great instrumental track. <laughs> um, Zach Levine's out with an injury on Bulls as well. Zach Levine out with an injury, a lot of interest in DeMar, Drummond, and Caruso. How bare would you strip this team? Ooh. You're
1: talking about now? Yeah, right. Trade in line the lines? present. Even yeah. like How sec- bare would you strip this team? I mean, I don't see any issue with... like. There's no, but None of those guys are guys that I would like the Bulls future to be built around. So the answer is Yes. Buck naked. Butt naked. <laughs> butt naked. And I hate say like, there's some quality players again, who can go contribute, contribute elsewhere, but that's, again, that's a good question, that's and good I, butt naked ah, is the it. answer.
3: All right. Um, someone got patted on their butt and made an aggressive gesture towards the person uh, whose hand was there. It happened to, in college basketball, uh, and it was a celebrity that everyone knows whose hand got slapped. Who was the celebrity and what went down, we'll discuss it uh, after the break. It's Gabriel Ramirez, Mark Grody, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The score. That's a that's a really good
2: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: I just threw the ball to bounds. I thought it was an old Miss fan, like, just grabbing my jersey, like, hold on to me. And I kind of just, like, got a hand off, but I saw who it was and, like, you know, I'm a big movie guy. i probably watched one of these movies on the plane coming here. But I realized it was him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a big fan. I'm sorry. And he would just say, uh, just keep just, just keep playing. And, you know, I came back out of there again. And I was like, I'm sorry
2: again. You know, he's like, you're all good. Just keep playing. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
3: Auburn's Johnny Broome met one of his favorite movie stars, but not necessarily in the way that he wanted. Uh, as he mentioned, he you know, he's going to go out of bounds. Morgan Freeman kind of puts his hand on him, and then he slaps his hand doesn't even turn around. Like doesn't even turn around, like slaps it immediately. It was just funny, but then he realized who it was. What a moment for the young player to see a guy like that.
1: Yeah, that it, here's. Can I ask my question? Sure. Like here's my question this. about the the video: Is Morgan Freeman? Why does he grab the kid? What's the kid's name? Johnny Broom. John, I love the name Johnny Broom.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, it's B R O O M E. And I'm going So we Broome. think it's
1: Johnny Broom. Let's stick with Johnny Broom. Yeah. Wow,
2: that's a good question. <laughs> we're still
3: there. <laughs> is it Johnny <laughs> question? Is that Johnny? <laughs> okay. It's not good when yeah. the Tyler producer Bangle, is, is saying, we don't know. I love it. Um, so you were saying though, why did he grab him?
1: Did you notice he grabbed his shirt like to sort of lock like to hold him back almost? I
3: think he thought he was falling and it was like oh. more of like a like a hey I'm behind you like protecting him, just kind of making sure he was but secure. But also knowing he's Morgan Freeman yeah, there's so very, that's the part very, that you don't like.
1: Yeah, just a little bit. Like I'm just trying to figure out, and I'm not saying there's some like weird evil intention. If, wait, so, but so,
3: so if it's a little Wayne, it's okay.
1: I'm <laughs> trying to figure out the level
3: of celebrity that a person needs to be, or if it's just not. Good oh, at to all. grab the shirt. Oh no! I, like if Drake would have done
1: that, and oh like, no, no, the, no, no, nine? no. no. I,
3: I am. Or is it because it's Morgan I, Freeman? Because and he's it was. Older. At, and
1: I'm just trying to. I am trying to make sense. Do you think of the, Morgan Freeman isn't what's is the kid's name? What's the kid's name? Broom. <laughs> I am trying to make sense out of why Broom turned around and had the reaction to Morgan Freeman that he did. And it's because Morgan Freeman had latched his fingers onto the back of Broom. Mm. Broom, that's his name, right? Broom had Good latched on, <laughs> latched onto the jersey. That's what. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out why. I He's a he's as big of a celebrity as there is. I I get it. Morgan Freeman, well respected. So there's no like we don't have to go off into other levels of celebrity. I am just trying to figure out why Morgan Freeman did that. And your your answer probably is right that it was just sort of an involuntary response to protecting the kid.
3: And I think when you're just that big of a celebrity. But but the fact that you don't think Morgan Freeman should have won an Oscar, tell me more about that. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love when I, guess I love so. I love when I mark Grody, mark Grody. Yeah, you did. You did. It is, my, did. Hey, it is yeah. like one of my favorite it things. Kills to ever me ever too. It Every time.
0: Every time. Oh, That's why I do it because
3: I'm like he oh, loves it because it gets him. Yeah, it, it does. gets him. He doesn't realize it, and then he's like, wait.
1: I guess I just missed I, my friend. I've been Grody. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, you did. All right. You stopped me in my tracks on that. But no, Morgan Freeman, Andy Dufresne, Andy terrible Dufresne. actor.
2: But yeah. No, he's terrible. not Morgan no, Freeman.
1: I, hey, hey, I Mar was Grody. Quote terrible I, actor. I was thinking this. I was thinking this. What's the kid's name again? Pretzel. What was it? Broom. So broom. Do you really? What what vantage point do these kids have of Morgan Freeman? Other than they know that he's a fan, do you think there's it's possible that they have even know oh, what Shawshank Redemption is? like he is? said he
3: watched a bunch of movies of his? But here's the thing: has he at no point why anyone pointed out that Morgan Freeman was sitting courtside? It it, it was known, wasn't it? No, oh, it wasn't. But I'm just saying, like clearly, he didn't know Morgan Freeman was there. The- that's a good point. But like, I, I, so so if but it was, so if it were Little Wayne, if it were Drake, oh, somebody would be like, "Yo, Little Wayne sitting courtside," oh,
1: then they would know. They would like, recognize him. And so too. Morgan
3: Freeman, no one was really like, like that's not somebody you to go brag about. Exactly. That's guess. what. That's what I'm saying. Like, Mom, oh my God, Morgan Freeman! Uh, uh, I, would. I would say that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All of this to say, I don't know if Broom even knew who he was. I think he just tried to sweep it under the rug. The whole. Situation. Oh, there you go. All
3: right, uh, coming up next, Cody West- You <laughs> groating me.
2: <laughs> Damn you.
3: Why do you hate Morgan Freeman? Yeah, <laughs> that's the because I took you seriously. To... What are you talking about? What that's did I the say? That's part about. <laughs> I know. It. All right, Cody Western to join the show next. We're gonna wrap up this basketball conversation. Uh, is there a chance Zach Levine can still be moved even though he's injured? Uh, we will ask Cody Western that question next, right here on six seventy. to score. Man.
0: Who let the brooms out? Who? Who?